0: Welcome in to the European Soccer Betting Edition. Now, officially for the next six weeks, the World Cup Betting Edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Thank you for joining us. I am Mackenzie Rivers. I am joined here by soccer betting guru, Griffin Warner. How are you doing, Griffin?
1: I'm great. Uh, getting ready for a wedding. But uh, what what better time to talk some uh, World Cup futures than right now?
0: That reminds me of that commercial. I think it was Visa or something. There's like a like a Greek... Like eighty-year-old or seventy-year-old, you know, older father that you know sees his 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 youngest walking on the aisle and and leaving him and being married, and he's crying and he's crying and the whole whole wedding, he just can't seem to. And then he looks at his phone and it's one one and Greek tied it up, Greece tied it up, and he <laughs> celebrates. Opa. he's happy because who cares about family and weddings when it comes to the biggest sporting event in the world? Indeed, let's get into it. So uh, this is the. Futures betting edition of the World Cup tomorrow. Check your feed. We will have the match day one deep dive. But right now, we're going to keep it global. We're going to talk about these teams from a futures perspective. How are they going to do till December 18th when the World Cup champion is crowned? And we're going to go in alphabetical order here. So uh, let's start with group A. We're going to use Bet Online as our uh, standard odds provider here. You can send me a check if you want, Dave Mason. I I wouldn't refuse it. <laughs> Odds to win Group A. We have the Netherlands, minus 235. Senegal will be without Sadio Mane. Big loss. Plus 450. Ecuador, plus 575. And did they pay Ecuador off billions of dollars to lose the first game is the question. Qatar is 12-1 to 1 to win the group. Talk about that conspiracy theory in a minute. But first, who do you think wins this group? Who do you think makes it out? I'll give uh, the chalk here. Netherlands, I think they're so much
1: better than everyone else in this group. I thought Senegal might be able to challenge, but losing losing Sadio Mane, uh, I think, puts the group out of reach for anyone besides the Orange. Um, the other team going out, I mean, it's really hard to choose. I don't think Qatar are, are a World Cup quality team. They got in because they paid off Sepp Blatter and FIFA to even get the event and then didn't have to qualify. Um I, unfortunately, it's really hard to pick. I'm going to stay with Senegal as the second team, second place finisher, but this might be the the weakest group out there.
0: I I agree with you on Senegal. I was very optimistic about them, but, I mean, Samuel Ato'o not going to be out there. Messi's not going to be out there. I mean, if there's one guy that defines Senegalian football, Senegalese football, it would be Sadio Mane over the last five years. Real bummer. It's the kind of thing that wouldn't happen if the World Cup was in June. For a lot of right. these players, Conte, Pogba, they would, you know, organize their lives and their schedules to make sure they were fit. But say la vie, set Blatar wherever you are. You're banished from soccer forever. But hope you're uh hope you're living it up on that Qatar money. Cause come on, who are we kidding here? I'm sure Have his
1: you... yacht in Monaco is, is doing
0: fun. <laughs> right, yeah. What do you make of this uh conspiracy theory going around on Twitter that Qatar, they're only plus 220 to beat Ecuador. People say that odds should be a lot steeper, but there's a rumor going on that Ecuador, not the most wealthy country, Qatar, probably one of the wealthier countries per capita. Maybe they gave him a couple billion or 500 million or so. What do you make of this first matchup? I know we're going to do the match day one pod tomorrow, but Qatar only plus 220 versus Ecuador. Is that a fishy line to you?
1: Uh, Not really. Ecuador are not that strong. Unfortunately, they were uh, pretty much defense counterattack in all of their South American play. So I don't think it's really hard to see them struggling to win matches in the World Cup on a different stage on the road. uh, Many, many time zones away. I'm not sure how many miles, uh, but I do have some friends in Ecuador and I have sent some messages. So hopefully
0: uh, boots on the ground will give me some reports before the match day one episode tomorrow. Good insider knowledge. Get us that knowledge. Check it out tomorrow. Now, this is the group that everybody wants to talk about, especially in the English-speaking world. Group B, England is your favorite minus two sixty-five. USA plus four seventy-five. Huh? These have moved. Wales seven to one. Last time I checked, Wales and USA were very close, but now we Wales seven to one. US plus four seventy-five. Iran rounds it out at fifteen to one. So you got a little bit of a decision to make here, Griffin. England probably makes it out; they're favored to win seventy percent or so. But who advances? Will the Americans and Christian Pulisic get it done, or will it be Gareth Bale, his swan song, advancing out of this group B?
1: I also wouldn't completely look past Iran. I think okay. they are tougher than uh, a bottom projection team. Look, um, they you know they don't have a ton of of talent that play around Europe, but they're going to play really defensively i think wales are going to play very defensively the us i'm a little worried as an american that they're going to try to uh uh capitalize on high expectations cuz they have play- big players and a lot of big clubs the problem is they don't play and they had such trouble scoring in concacaf qualification like the fact that it was even a question i mean i guess they were like in the top 3 or 4 for almost the entire qualification period but it still didn't look great and i just i don't know that the us is really uh as good as as any of us expect I, i'm i mean to your point on the odds moving in different directions usa probably getting bet wales not getting bet i mean i think people are are just back in their their nation and um, I think based on odds to advance, I mean it's not that different. The U.S. and Wales, uh, I do think that it's Wales are probably less likely to win the group. Um, in some crazy situation that England didn't, because Wales are a more defensive side. But I think ultimately the match, the first match that's played between the U.S. and Wales, decides who gets through. Um, I think based on the USA being more likely to beat Iran than Wales are, I think that's what puts them. As uh, the I guess second most likely team to qualify according to odds, um, if there was a biggest a bigger discrepancy, I would lean to Wales
0: because I, I really do like in that first meeting. Yeah, I was looking at the odds: England and Wales to advance, the British duo plus one sixty. I'm not sure if I like that. Uh, hitch my wagon to Southgate and England. I mean, they could fall in their face; it wouldn't shock me. Or if I just like Wales plus one twenty to advance because Aaron Ramsey. Gareth Bale, these guys have played against the best of the best forever. I'm not sure how many U S players have that kind of experience and they're both fit. I know Gareth Bale's playing in the USA, USA right now in the MLS. He's not a top 20 player in the world like he was forever, but he might not be as good every day, but you know, the expression he's as good one day as he was ever. I still uh, think
1: they yeah. those two are Ramsey and Bale are the best players on the pitch. Um, right. Certainly most accomplished, um, uh, because the U S are so young, but, I mean, I think if you're going man for man on the schoolyard, not that this always matters in betting, but uh,
0: I like those two, and they both play for Wales, and they're an underdog. I agree. So look at Wales, plus 120 to advance out of Group B. We'll move on here. Group C, one of the favorites, Argentina. They're minus 265. Seems like they play Mexico every World Cup. Their second <laughs> favorite, plus 540. Poland actually tied for second at plus 540 and Saudi Arabia is there they're pretty close to home but they're 28 to 1 to take group c what do you make of this one
1: yeah Saudi Arabia might be the worst team in this competition not named Qatar cuz they actually had to qualify to get in right. um not a lot of love for the desert countries ultimately but um i mean Argentina I, from when i've been tracking them they've probably been bet more and their odds to win the world cup have come down over since i've been tracking it from uh let's see if how quickly i can open up a google sheet to say it but i I, i've been tracking lines since october 2020 um argentina were 12 to 1 then they've been cut in half till when i looked in november on november 3rd so two weeks ago they're down to six to one one of the favorites i think based on how well they've played uh beating brazil to win copa america that was huge as well um but they're it's a landslide gap chasm between argentina and the rest um, I think there's also probably that sort of gap between Mexico, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. But I don't trust Mexico to score goals, really. And Poland has Robert Lewandowski. So um, while I do think Poland all are like usually overrated because of him, I feel like their lack of performances over the past few qualification periods in the Euros, things of that nature, has kind of made people not respect Poland as much. Uh, so I like Poland as the second team to qualify a little bit, longer odds in mexico but currently both are uh minus money right now at bet online so not a ton of value there but i do like the the third ranked side essentially in the odds to to qualify over mexico i just i haven't seen it from mexico for a long time against Concacaf, and i don't think that they'll be able to do it um on a world stage
0: poland minus 105 to advance mexico minus 115 like you said slightly more favored argentina 1 to 14, as they say in Europe, or minus 1,400 might be more familiar with to advance. That I didn't know that. I didn't realize how uh, much progress Argentina has made. I mean, I know there's this Messi documentary coming up. A lot of people talking about his last tournament, his last major tournament ever. And they have, like you said, very much improved by the time in 2020 he had never won a major championship Messi. And then he won the Copa America and he got off the snide and they played well and they deserve to beat brazil the favorites to win the tournament so maybe it makes sense but i gotta think that's a lot of that's a lot of public bias maybe they're not 12 to 1 maybe they're better than that and they've improved over the last couple of years but i'm looking at plus 550 right now consensus yeah. odds and uh i don't know i th- i think i think spain germany france might just be i'll talk about france i think they actually have a have a disappointment coming up but i i don't think argentina separated themselves as much as the odds have shown all right, we just talked about this team. Let's move on to Group D, where the favorites are the defending champion France at minus two hundred. Denmark is plus two ten. Tunisia eighteen to one, and Australia twenty to one. What do you make of this group? Any wagers people might be interested in?
1: Uh, I did appear on Sovam with a shout out to uh, Denmark to win Group D. Uh, I like them. Number's been crashing down a little bit to the current two ten probably some better options out there across the i mean certainly shop lines if if you have the ability if you don't live in a state that uh does not allow anything like I do in Texas uh if you got other options certainly look for it but France are are great i mean i can't really say anything negative about them besides chemistry issues they have anything you could want they could probably fill in three teams and still be favorites in this group um they're that talented but I don't think that they really play as a team very well. And Denmark, on the other hand, that's the definition of who they are. They don't have the big names, but they play really together. They've beaten France twice in the last six months um, and not with like joke teams like in another competition that UEFA runs uh, qualifying for essentially an automatic bid to the World Cup. So there's there's a lot out there. And um, unfortunately, Tunisia and Australia are pretty weak. I, I do think Tunisia is better than Australia, but I don't think it's by much. And are, there's there's another big chasm between the big two in this group and the bottom two. Uh, but I think there's a, a reasonable possibility that Denmark um, get a win against France and then do the same to Tunisia and Australia and emerge with nine points and France can't match that or that they potentially France could could draw against one of these other teams if France and and Denmark draw. Um, There's a lot of ways to get there, Uh, and I really like what the Danes have shown. I don't see the French being this much stronger, despite having
0: uh, better names and better resumes. You talk about names, resumes, and chemistry. That's exactly why I think France is due for disappointment. This has been uh, a trend that I don't think is a coincidence. So you got to go all the way back to 2006, to see a defending champion make it even out of the group stage. That was Brazil, who was plus 250 to win the whole tournament. By far a bigger favorite than anyone we've seen before. I mean, not before, but since. You know, usually it's five to one the favorite. In this case, Brazil's four to one the favorite. So the one time that the defending champion even made it out of the group, they were by far the strongest relative to competition. Here, France is not the tournament favorite, their fifth favorite. They're not gonna have Pogba. They're not gonna have Nagola Conte, two essential pieces to how they won it. I feel like they're going to have a target on their back. I feel like they're not going to be fully focused. They have a lot of names that, uh, I mean, they'll be fully focused. They're going to try to win the World Cup, but they're not going to have the same vigor. I mean, look at him, uh, Killian Mbappe, and the, the way he's um, approaching the season and looking at different trade targets. And he's the name that everyone knows and everyone has seen the 19 goals he's put up in League One. I don't think those guys have as much impact to winning the World Cup as guys like Pogba and Kante that not only help you score goals, but prevent the other team from getting a, a grip on the game and scoring goals. So I looked at the last two, three, four, five, six, seven World Cup champions just to get a feel of how do you generally have to play to win the World Cup? And the answer is you don't allow goals. Generally, you don't allow goals, especially in the knockout stage. So the average World Cup winner scores two goals a game and they allow a half a goal a game. Great margin. In the knockout stage, World Cup winners score 1.7 goals per game. So they're scoring goals down. It makes sense. The competition gets tougher. But they allow even fewer goals, 0.4 per game. I know France gave up a few against Argentina, a few against Croatia. That was kind of an aberration. In general, the World Cup champion has a very solid midfield, very solid defense. Look at Italy giving up two goals in their championship run. Look at Spain giving up two goals through seven games in their championship run. That's just generally how it's played, and I don't see it with France. I think France getting a lot of love. They have – I mean, people have talked about this before. You could field two 11-man sides with French talent, and they would be World Cup competitors. They have that much talent. But I don't think they have the the dynamism or the cohesion to do it this year. I think Denmark, if they're close talent-wise, is the way to look for the value about winning this group. And I would not be surprised if, like 80% of the last five World Cup winners – France does not make it out of the group. Although so that means someone would have to replace them. And I'm not sure Australia or Tunisia uh, are up for it. But whether it's in the group or early in the knockout stage, I'm expecting a disappointing campaign for the defending champion French team.
1: And to your point, if uh, if they don't like get out of the group, usually they don't win it by default. So you could probably extend that stat so they haven't won the group in a long time. So there we go.
0: Exactly. Right. So Denmark, value group F. Now this team interesting because I looked at some American books and we're using bet online we think it's a little bit sharper a little bit more worldwide money. According to these odds in group F, Belgium is only a minus 130 favorite. I've seen them as big as a minus 200 favorite. I think this might be sharper at minus 130 uh cuz the number 1 next to their name in the FIFA world rankings that's got to be mean more to the average fan than it does actually matter cuz French isn't Belgium isn't the number one power rated team. So do, do you know, how did Belgium get, well, let me just stop and ask you that before I get on to the odds. How did Belgium get the number one FIFA ranked team? How'd they do it? I don't think that they paid off anyone like the, <laughs> no. the Aries
1: did, but it's just, it's uh, just about
0: the kind of the games you play, right? Or how does it work? I
1: believe it helps the strength of schedule that Belgium have, um, that they play a lot of other highly ranked teams. Um, but to be fair, Frank, the FIFA rankings, I don't really use them in any of the considerations I do. And I watch a lot of international soccer on top of the millions of club matches that I've been watching. And it's been that way for a long time and their performances have been good. Um, So I feel like because uh, Belgium plays a really tough schedule and they're usually slotted in groups that they um, handle pretty well, because ultimately the UEFA does a lot of their qualifying, they kind of separate all these groups in the top six and they power rank them a certain way. So I think it really protects their rankings and
0: makes a lot of sense because it gets them really great seeds in these type of events. That's exactly what I'm talking about, where you, a guy that bets European, not European soccer, but international soccer, you observe the FIFA rankings. You kind of see the math that got them there, but you don't say, oh, Belgium's number one. I just saw it on the FIFA rankings. That's, not, that's, that's backwards logic, which makes sense. I feel like the World Cup in particular, again, the biggest sporting event in the world, A lot of people are just throwing money around. They want some action. And the fact that Belgium does have that number one next to their name is why in some American markets, they're minus 200 to win this group. But on BetOnline right here, they're minus 130. Croatia's the second favorite. They're plus 215. Morocco, 8.5 to 1. Canada, 11 to 1. What do you make of this matchup? Do you agree with uh, the BetOnline saying Belgium's about a coin flip? Or do you think Belgium is about two-thirds chance to win, as some American books will tell you? Where do you fall on that, on that spectrum?
1: Um, I, so I went to a Croatia match in September in Vienna, Austria, and I am trying not to let that blind me, but I was really impressed with what I saw with Croatia there. Um, they are not young, I'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> lot of, a lot of players pushing at least late 20s, like kramerich and Brozovic, but then some 30-year-olds in Perisic and Modric. Um, every name seems to end with an itch um and two stars gotta,
0: of 2018 yeah, I mean, and modric
1: everyone should know their names uh and they are awesome um and i gotta say they are really scary to play against belgium um i mean i've been tracking these odds and they've fallen precipitously from near that two to one number or one to two that you're saying uh and every team in this group's odds has come down except for belgium's have gone the other way so um, it doesn't really matter if it's Canada, Morocco, or Croatia, they've all been getting bet different amounts. Morocco, actually I'm tracking as the highest amount of money that's come in based on the change in their futures price, Canada next. And then Croatia has, has budged a little bit. Maybe that comes into kind of the, the plus money that was involved in the odds. But, um, I mean, Croatia, I feel like have a really dynamic, uh, midfield. And I really, I mean, I believe in it quite a bit. They have, The same players that you saw from years ago, and they're still relatively healthy, maybe not able to play as much of a game, but they're going to be there in crunch time. And I think that Belgium-Croatia match is going to go a long way to determine really how far either of these teams go in the competition.
0: I hadn't really considered Croatia as a contender to start the 2018 World Cup. By the end of the second group stage, I think they beat Portugal 3-0. I remember telling people they're the best team. They're playing the best soccer. So I'm very interested in the group performance from Croatia as maybe a dark horse. I mean, whether they're 50 to one to win the whole thing, they have guys that play on the highest level and play very well. Luka Modric, five champions leagues, world player of the year. I mean, he still starts for Madrid every week. He's still he's still out there. I'm, I'm not sure if he's that much worse. We have best bets coming on at the end of the podcast. Tune in. I might have a. Might have some interest in this group one way or the other when it's all said and done. Let's move on here. We got Group E, where the 2010 World Cup winners Spain are slight favorites at minus 108. Germany, the 2014 winners are plus 110. Japan, 14 to 1. Costa Rica, 50 to 1. This arguably is the group of death. What do you make of this group? Who do you think comes out?
1: Oh, it's tough to say, man. Um, There was a really embarrassing loss that Germany took to Spain in the Nations League, the UEFA uh, competitive event. They're not friendlies anymore. Um, a little bit in between what this level would be of intensity for this event, of course. But um, where uh, Spain beat Germany 6-0, and that was, I think, what really pushed Joachim Love out of the door and brought Hansi Flick in, um, it's, you know... It's really hard to call these two. I guess it's hard to look away from that result because I mean to me the 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 in you know, a lot of American sport a loss is a loss, but it seems like in soccer, if you're like losing by heavy defeats, those are like the worst things to take. Like and and I think that means something between these two. Um I see Spain and Germany very similar though. So I'll lean to Germany with the odds that they're getting. Um, I probably like if I had to pick a life's on the line, I'll take Spain to win the group, but I do like Germany getting those odds. And that's the way I'd lean.
0: Makes a lot of sense. I, I lean slightly the other way. I mean, we haven't even talked about Japan and Costa Rica because it is too, you know, high Titans that if they didn't get out, it'd be a huge disappointment. I mean, minus 900 for Spain, minus 800 for Germany. So those are the teams to consider here in this group. I feel like Spain, like Pokemon, they they're, they're the right. Uh, species to deal with Germany with their possession style football. Uh, they can just kind of limit the amount of crosses in the box that Germany has, the amount of uh, attacks that they get. I mean, I'm, I might be going back, you know, to 2010 and, and remembering those those matchups at Spain and 2008 in the final. And it just seemed like the right in both of those games ended 1-0. It seemed like the right formula where Spain had a chance to score the whole game and Germany didn't. And now that's a long time ago, different players, But style-wise, I'm not sure it has changed that much. So I would lean to Spain, especially because of the psychological edge they had after beating Germany pretty good the last time they faced each other. So it's about a coin flip, but I will lean to Spain, minus 108 in Group E. Griffin saying, about even teams, meaning there's value on the plus 110 with Germany. Going on to Group G, title favorites, Brazil are minus 290, and nobody else really contending in this group. Switzerland, plus 575. Serbia, plus 675. In Cameroon, Samuel Lato's old team, no longer twenty to one to win it. What do you make of Group G? Uh, do you think Brazil are deserved tournament favorites?
1: I do. Um, I, I think other than France, uh, and I, I think I'd probably take the Brazil uh, pool of players over France barely, but I think they're the strongest team out there, and they have um, they have a cohesion to them, honestly, that France has not shown. Um, and I think that matters a lot in this tournament, um, especially when they're like the best of the best. I I feel like if you're playing Brazil, uh, besides Argentina and like a pride standpoint where they will not sit back and defend, I feel like you, anyone who's against Brazil has to take the defensive, uh, idea or stratagem. And I I think that puts ultimately brazil in a better place succeed because they'll have more chances than their opponents and they have such clinical finishers that i think they will do a great job of finishing those um certainly in knockout football things weird things happen penalties falls red cards things of that nature um but i think brazil is just so good at every position i don't see any flaws and i feel like i'm going to expect them to win every match they play no matter who they're facing any value at minus
0: 290 to win the group. I mean, I don't see another team winning it. It's always scary to lay the lumber, but seems kind of cheap, seems kind of light to me. I mean, it does. I, I agree.
1: And it's come down a little since it was, I mean, one to three. So it hasn't only dropped 10 cents in the last uh let's say almost month or so. But um I, I think there's a big dogfight for second between Switzerland, and Serbia, and Cameroon. I feel like their odds are way longer than they should be, but I, I don't necessarily see them being that competitive in this group. Um I, I just feel like it might be one of those situations, even if Brazil, Brazil do slip up, um, there's going to be a Switzerland, Serbia, Cameroon kind of collateral damage with all beating each other up, and I think it's going to make
0: Brazil look even stronger. The beautiful game, as they call it, in Brazil. They, they do it a little different. Uh, they speak the same language, and they do it their own way, too. Portugal, our favorites in Group H. Tudo bem, all good. Portugal, minus 150. Uh, some Bruno Fernandes quelling the rumors of his beef with Cristiano Ronaldo last couple days and then we got uruguay uruguay plus 190 south korea 11 to 1 ghana plus 1350 what do you make of group h griffin uh are portugal deserved minus 150 favorites here
1: i think so um they're not perfect uh portugal um despite their uh i mean beautiful game as they call it or however the Toto bem as you're saying it's all good (laughs) um i i I don't know what to say because I love the road for Portugal. If they can win this group, I think they can find themselves on the correct side of the, and actually the right side of the bracket, which might get them to avoiding Brazil, Argentina, potentially if they win their groups, which is monstrous for trying to go win this thing. And I still can't get out of my head the time where they won the Euro, despite like not winning any match in regulation, the whole event. Um, (laughs) I don't know what the deal is with with Ronaldo. I think he's going to play a lot for Portugal and it's kind of been Made pretty clear that Manchester United doesn't see him to be an important part of their team. No, uh, and I wonder if they're wasting some of their time instead of playing other players like Andre Silva, um, in, instead of I guess Ronaldo, but we'll see what he gives. Um, I do, I don't really know if you're the manager of Portugal, how you bench him necessarily, but um, I it's gonna be we'll see what happens, we'll see what's in those 36, 37 year old legs. But uh, in this group, I feel like Uruguay are really a famous team that have been so good for so long, but are a small nation and are kind of trying to uh, run whatever they have on pretty bald tires at this point. Um, Darwin Nunez coming in is going to be an important part, but I don't know that he, how much he plays in front of Cavani or Suarez at this point. Uh, so I'll be very interested to see what Uruguay put out there. And then I really don't know what to expect from South Korea because of the injury to Sun, to him and Son. Uh, I imagine he's going to try to play, but we'll see how available that is, what he does in a mask, all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I think South Korea gives Uruguay a lot of trouble to try to advance here despite what the odds look like.
0: Sonny, as they call him in England, the best Korean and South Korean player. He says he's on track to play, but it's uh... – Three weeks ago, it was reported that he had no chance to play. So we will see. Uh, I kind of love it when there's a race to the World Cup. It just kind of shows how important it is. Uh, I remember seeing a documentary in 1998, or maybe it was 2002. I'm not sure which. But uh, Fat Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo of Brazil, was like had broke his leg like a month before the World Cup. And he's like on the fucking bike, and he's fucking like rowing. And it, it, there's just this momentum. The montage is going. And hey, he played. And I think that's the one he won in 2002. So it'd be very cool to see him out there. I'm interested in Portugal here because Cristiano Ronaldo, if you haven't heard, talked to Piers Morgan in the past week. And Piers Morgan, uh, Piers Morgan, yeah, said it was the most important or the biggest or the most listened to interview in the history of football. All right. Good promo. It was a big deal. It did seem like a big deal. It did seem finally set the record straight where Cristiano Ronaldo sits with his club team, Manchester United, Says he doesn't respect the manager. He said that they wanted him out even last year before the manager got there. And it makes sense to me that he's not playing and that they're winning 70% of the games when he's not out there and they have a much worse record when he is there. It is It's a poisonous, toxic relationship. If I'm Portugal, that gives me hope that Cristiano Ronaldo still has the goods and maybe he's not playing not because of footballing reasons and not because of talent reasons. And if Cristiano does have the good at the top of this line you got Ronaldo Silva of Man City on one side, and you got Fernandez, also of Man U. You got Carvalho of Liverpool. You have a gr- a really talented team here. Pepe, uh, as much experience as anyone. I feel like they might be a dark horse. A lot of talk about Belgium uh, because of you know how good their FIFA World Ranking is. I feel like Portugal at sixteen to one is a better bet. I think they have more talent than Belgium, and they might be playing better if Cristiano Ronaldo is on form, as he suggests. And, you know, what else is he going to say? He's Cristiano Ronaldo. But what do you think about <laughs> Portugal 16 to one? Do you think they have any, uh, they have any um upside here? I think they have a really good
1: chance to go deep in this tournament farther than their talent would carry them if they win the group, because I think the left side of the bracket is going to be really stacked. Um, right. Potentially, if if like something, which I do think Denmark has a reasonable chance. I also think, um, which we'll get to later, there might be another upset that puts a really big team on the left side of the bracket Um, and and really in these tournaments, you can only play who you play. And if you find yourself on the correct side, the easier side of the bracket that can get you to go a long, long way. And I think when Portugal, win their group, they're going to clearly, uh, avoid the winner of the Brazil group and the Argentina group already by default. And so they could get a little bit more fortunate from there.
0: I feel like when you have Ronaldo, you have a, you have a tie winner. You know I mean? You talked about, they won the European championship without winning any games in regulation. They were not that good, but you got to, over 120 minutes hard to keep that guy down minus 150 to win the group and you said once they if they do that they got a great path but what do you, what do you make of the group uruguay's the other contender plus 190 any upside for them i mean i don't really know much about them to be honest i know that luis suarez is no longer there that's that's about my extent of Uruguay. Well he point. is
1: there he's just not playing in oh, really? Europe anymore he's playing back in uruguay from what i've seen i got to admit I don't Good have time to sleep, so I definitely don't follow the Hawaiian <laughs> League. But um, it, it's, I mean, he's, as far as I know, he's there. They were trying for a lot of, of the time in the World Cup qualifying to play both him and Ensign Cavani together, and it was not working. They were scoring, like, no goals. So they kind of went away from that. We're playing just one of them at a time and kind of rotating. But then how do you play Darwin Nunez as well? Do you use him as a wing if you're playing with one man up top? I mean, it's confusing, and I feel like they're still trying to figure it out. And I feel like they should just kind of let Luis Suarez be a 15-minute substitute towards the end. Um, but, and ha- have Edison uh, Cavani as the striker then? Yeah, I think. And Cavani's been pretty good ever since he got to Valencia midseason this year. So um, there's hope for them, I think. And, and I think ultimately it's it's – while they weren't scoring many goals in qualification, I do think that they are more likely to score – at a reasonable rate than South Korea are, unfortunately. Um, I need to see that Sonny's healthy before I have really any faith in in South Korea at this point. And unfortunately, with only three matches, it's hard to really believe
0: anything. Just give me one free kick. Give me one curl, top right corner, out of Sonny. That would make my whole tournament. Let me make your whole tournament. I have a promo code here that I had to ask specially for because of the magnitude of this event. It's called... Promo code is CROSS22, and you've probably heard a couple of cr- promo codes if you listen to these podcasts, advertising 20% off. Well, how would you like 22% off anything at pregame.com in honor of the 2022 World Cup with the promo code CROSS22? Pregame.com has some of the best handicappers in the world. I would argue the best collection of handicappers in the world. And you can save 22 22 Like Jay-Z said, 22 twos, 22% off anything with the promo code cross 22, David Beckham, Cristiano Ronaldo like to cross it into the box for a headed goal. So that's a cross. It's a soccer term. And the promo code is cross 22 for 22% off anything in the website. Now, Griffin, you've been a part of this podcast, 22%. That's more than we usually give, right? I've only heard twenties before. So uh, make sure you ride those 22 inch
1: rims all the way to the checkout counter and uh, hopefully get some winners either from AJ Hoffman and myself on the college basketball betting podcast, McKenzie, you and sleepy doing the NBA stuff. Let's let's get it out there. Come along for the ride with us. um,
0: And you'll at least get some comedy with, with the play selections. Absolutely. Continue. Thank you for listening to this podcast and all our podcasts continue to Uh, ride with us and use that promo code at pregame.com cross 22. If you do that, I'll be very happy. We will deliver for you and make you happy with these best bets right here. You're excited. It's the biggest tournament in the world. You want to have something you can root for the entire tournament, hopefully. So that's what we're going to do here, or at least for the group stage, we're going to give you our very best bets from a futures perspective. Tune in tomorrow. It'll hit your feed. RJ Bell's dream preview for the match day one podcast. Before that we got the futures podcast here we're going to give you our best bets. Griffin, you've done excellent. I believe you're on a 3 and 0 trend on this podcast hitting your best bet, so I'll give you the option um if you want to hit him first with your best bet.
1: Uh I will surrender the T-box to you, Mackenzie. You you tell me where you want to go. Um
0: I'm very happy to wait in the wings for for my pick. I appreciate it, sir. We talked about this bet and I will make it official. I'm going with Croatia plus 215 to win group F and a lot of things like with Croatia, their experience, their depth, you know, kind of under the radar from a brand name perspective, but this is more of a fade of Belgium. I've talked about it. They're number one in the FIFA rankings that doesn't really monitor the game by game performance of their players. And that's what's really important. How well are their players playing right now? Roman Lukaku's played two games. They're usually their lead striker in the last two months, and he hasn't played particularly well. Will he be fit enough to start every game for this team? I'm not sure. That's a huge question mark. Entering the tournament, Eden Hazard, back in 2020, when you talked about those, these World Cup odds popping up, was probably considered a top 10 player in the world. He hasn't shown that, not in Madrid, not recently. I feel like this is brand name. it's, I mean, it's funny because Belgium was always the sleeper candidate, and I feel like they kind of got so much love as a sleeper candidate in 2014 and 2018 that now they're thought of as like one of the top five teams in the world and i don't think their talent is close to that right now so i'm taking the value i'm taking croatia plus 215 to win group f what do you make of that one griffin
1: i like it i like it um there that's what i have in my brackets as we speak um i think that uh croatia while they're not They're not young. Belgium are not young either. And I feel like that golden generation is on its last legs here. Um, Maybe this is the last hurrah for Belgium, but I I think uh, Croatia are just as good with half of the hype or even less.
0: And twice the payout, or actually a little bit more. So that's why I like it. Croatia plus 215. I like that Griffin likes it especially. And uh, what do you got for the people for your best bet for the World Cup 2022 in Qatar?
1: Well, uh, as I gave out Denmark to win their group on the Sovam uh, podcast last night, why don't I just double down and go even further? Uh, the the dealer's showing a two right now, so we're just <laughs> going going even deeper. I might even need to get uh, like a one of those Viking helmets, um, paint my face red and white. I'm going Denmark to win the World Cup at 33 to one odds. So it, here's the method to my madness. They, they've they controlled France twice. They've played them, beat them in the last six months. They win that group, and they're on the correct side of the bracket that might see them have to get through. England is probably what their first match will be, which won't be easy, but no matches in the knockout rounds of the World Cup are. They get through England, and then they don't see Brazil or Argentina if they win their groups until the final. Um, I think there's a lot of value in that 33-1 to 1. Um, Certainly wouldn't put your last rent dollar on it, but I do think that there's a good possibility they make a deep run in this tournament, and then you can get into hedging scenarios if that interests you. Or, you know, sometimes hedging is for gardeners and you just ride it out.
0: (laughs) Denmark, I like them plus 210 to win the group, and 33 to 1 might have some value, which reminds me, if you want to be paying attention to this World Cup all the way through, might as well get down on this World Cup Survivor Contest we have on the pregame forums right now. Do it. Free to enter $250. You know what we call that, Griffin? Free. Uh, free to enter $250 cash prize. You know what we call that, Griffin? That is about? a plus EV bet right there, my friend. Uh, yeah. You literally can't lose, and you can win. There's about 60 entrants, so each of them have about $5 free that they got just for writing on the pregame forums. I'm in. That's all they had to write, and they got free $5. It's going to go down slightly. If we get up to 100 people, it'll be $250, but hey, it's free. It's entertaining. If you're watching the games, might as well have some skin in the game. So what this is, is World Cup Survivor Contest. You pick one team, each of the seven rounds. So there's three group stage games, match day one, match day two, match day three. Four knockout games, round of 16, round of eight, round of four, championship. And you got to pick one team not to lose in each of those stages. You can only pick one country one time. So remember, you're going to have to have a team that you pick to win the championship. Maybe you save them. Maybe you're just trying to get some um, equity in your pick, so you want to pick the, them early and just hope that they end up losing. There's a lot of different ways to play it, a lot of game theory, which goes into it, which means if you got some acumen, might not even need to know soccer. You might be able to read the board like Steve Fezzik and pick out a positive EV wager here and there. And it, again, you could be a blind monkey flipping coins and you'd have a positive EV opportunity here. Just for writing my name, I'm in free to enter $250 cash prize. And by the way, I mentioned this before in the event that there's a tie got about like 60, 70 people signed up so far. So this, the odds are increasing. I have committed to making sure that every single winner gets the $250 cash. I know CSL plasma is around the corner. They'll give me $60 a pop just for oh. heading over there. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I guarantee you no winner will walk away with less than $250 cash entering this contest so go to the pregame forums and sign up griffin we are not allowed to participate in this contest it's for the people it's for the people i know you'd like you'd like to use your acumen and win some money but if you were in this contest who would you pick for your first remember you got to pick a team that you might not want to pick again for the first match day one who do you think has a great chance of not losing i'll just say you know give you some time to think about it i'll pick denmark over tunisia tunisia one of the worst teams Denmark, an underrated team, I think they get off on the right foot. And um, might, might if they're in the championship, it might bite me. But uh, I would take Denmark to not lose in my first survivor pick if I were in it. What about you, Griffin?
1: Yeah, I, I guess that's what you're saying, is you take someone that you think is good that probably is a long shot to win the whole thing. So I, I think I would save Brazil as long as I possibly could. Um, you do get into that. well, everyone's picking Brazil part, and then you want to be the other way, but it's a little different. Uh, Than the NFL Survivor contest that a lot of people might be familiar with, ah uh, man, it's tough because you got to really com- consider who you think you kind of want to take now that you kind of don't want to use later. Um, man, I it's just like that's you 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 haven't stumped me. I'll give an answer, <laughs> um, but. Man, like Switzerland jumps out at me as a team that I think is pretty safe not to lose to Cameroon. You don't really want them going forward, but makes sense. Makes sense. Man, I I mean, I can tell you not to pick Serbia. I'll say that. Uh, I'll yeah, I'll I'll take the Swiss as a, a decent sized favorite. Uh, I think a draw would be a poor result for them. Uh, I do think Cameroon's got a shot in that one, but uh, I'll go with the team that I don't want to use further than that. Because uh, you're going to get them against Serbia and against Brazil, uh, and I will not be using them there.
0: I like that. I mean, they're uh, underdog to make it out of the group, and their other two group stage games, they're going to be you know pick them or a big underdog to Brazil. So it makes sense to pick Switzerland early in the World Cup contest. But hey, use your own acumen, use your own strategies, and if you want to pick Switzerland, you're going to have to do a lot more to pick up the two hundred fifty dollars. So you know, that's a freebie. That's a free square for you. But again, free to enter. Do us a favor, join the World Cup contest on pregame.com. And do us another favor, use the promo code CROSS22, 22 for 22% off. It's the most maybe in the history of pregame.com because it's the World Cup. And we're giving you extra 22% off with the promo code CROSS22. That'll do it. Thank you for joining us. Tune in tomorrow for Match Day 1, Deep Dive Preview. That was the World Cup Futures Pod, and we will check you out later on. Thank you.